Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Live Richer podcast. Today, we have a very special guest that's going to teach us how to negotiate to get that raise that we deserve this year. This special guest is Mandy Woodruff Santos. She is a career expert and negotiator, and she's helping millions of women get the money that they deserve. And I guess men as well, Mandy. I mean, tell me everything you're doing when it comes to helping people <laughs> make more money in 2023. Let's go. Well, thanks for having me on, Jamie. And yeah, sure. If if I, I welcome all the Y chromosomes if you guys want to join and learn a thing or two. But the whole point of my work as a career negotiation coach and, you know, the sort of the culmination of um, the past over seven or eight years of my career where I have really made it my mission to help women of color specifically get the guidance that we so often lack when it comes to how to build wealth. And for me, of course, building wealth, we think about, you know, you have to learn about investing and what's cryptocurrency and saving and paying down debt and all of that. But for me, the key to unlocking my own wealth became my career. And so my whole negotiation coach practice and through my um, online community called the Mandy Moneymakers, I really coach women and how to turn their career into an engine for wealth building because it is when you think about it, like, where do we get the money that we put into the investing account, you know, or that we use to pay down debt? It comes from our income. And I know that there's so much out of our control when it comes to our earnings and and how much we can earn and what we can do with that money. But I like to help women focus on what you actually can control. And so often it's like, let's actually take a strategic approach to your career so that you're making moves and advancing and actually earning more so you can do stuff with that money, you know, stuff that's important to you and that helps you get where you want to be. And the, you know, honestly, anyone can learn from my content and learn from my, you know, my resources and all my freebies and classes and things like that. Um, But I'm always here for women of color, first and foremost, when we are winning financially, don't worry, everyone else will be just fine, (laughs) you know. Um, So it's a it's a great privilege to get to do the work I'm doing. And thanks for saying millions. I don't know if it's millions, but sure, hopefully one day millions of women will can say that, you know, they're better negotiators. Well, you also have a podcast called Brown Ambition that you co-host. And I'm sure, I mean, how many listeners do you have there since it's been going on? And how many lives have you touched there? Oh, yeah. I mean, Brown Ambition is my baby. Yes, that's true. We have, (laughs) I know it's just funny because we started it almost eight years ago and we were, we're like old ladies in the podcast space, basically like OGs. And um, yeah, I remember like getting our first 500 downloads and now we get 3 million a year and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I love that. See, I was actually, I wasn't lying when I said millions. <laughs> and I'm sure millions of those people, you're also helping them to negotiate and make more money in their career. Mm. When going, what would you say are the top three things people should do when they're trying to make more money? Like when at work, you know, and you're wanting to get that raise, but you don't know how to ask for it. What do you do? Right. I'm li- I like that we start there because sometimes you can feel like, I mean, I preach a lot about the power of quitting and moving on to a new role. 
because that opens you up to such big negotiating opportunities. But for people who are feeling like they like their job, they just wish that they were earning more, they want more room for advancement. Absolutely. I I like to start there because there are things that are within your control. And I think the first thing is you need to be able to often prove that you have advanced in your impact to your team or that you are bringing more to the table in your role. And so what gets people stuck, and if you're someone who's asked for a raise or a promotion and you're constantly like, you know, you're being told, oh, you know, maybe not yet. Let's, um, re- we'll revisit that in six months, you know, or they keep kicking the can down the, down the road. I think in that case, it's really important to make sure that you are clear on what your expectations are in your role and then what the room for growth or expectation for growth is. Like actually sitting down with your manager And if you haven't had a frank discussion, which honestly is really mind blowing to me because I managed a team of 30 and I can't imagine a world where as a manager, you wouldn't make it clear to your people sort of where they are now and where they can go. But it happens so often, like there's just some bad managers out there. So you have to make them do their job, sit down with you, give yourself like have them give you goals and benchmarks to hit so that when you come around and ask for that raise, you've got proof on paper in black and white here's what you told me I had to do. I've done it. Now, where's the money? And having, and it makes that conversation of, you know, um, am I able to get this raise or promotion a lot easier and less fraught, like less stressful, because you go to the table with data, you go to the table with evidence, you know, in hand. So, uh, and I know often you hear the tip of like, oh, keep track of your accomplishments throughout the year, make sure you have like a little spreadsheet going or a Google Doc. But for me, it's it's not just you tracking your accomplishments, it's understanding what is the expectation from your manager so that you are like they agree, you know, like you're you're both in on it. You both know where the starting line was set so that when you come back to them, they can't get out of it. Like they told you this is what you, you know, they wanted from you um, and then you can deliver. So that's my my first tip isn't even about anything you can say. Um, Although that is important, like how you phrase it, it's really about having that check in with your manager and getting on the same page about where you're starting and what it's going to take to get to where you want to go. So when you're with the manager, should you calculate there how much your raise should be? Well, I wouldn't go into a conversation with your manager with a specific number in mind unless you have done some research behind it. So and the reason I say that is if you go in and and you're like, hey, um, you know, I'd love to get a raise. I've hit these benchmarks. And then they ask you, and then you just kind of, you're like, you just throw out a number, blurt it out. You're like 5,000. Well, what if it should be a lot more than that? You know? <laughs> so I don't want you to, to, to talk yourself in or lowball yourself. So if you're going to bring up a number, have some data behind it, you can do your own research. And one of my favorite ways, especially for people who have been at the same job for a long time, um, is to understand your market value in the current marketplace. And if you think about it like a home, you know, you don't really know what your house is worth until you actually go to sell it and you see what a human being in today's world would pay for your house. And, you know, we kind of call that either uh, you can get a professional appraisal, like a professional person comes out and says, here's what your house is probably worth compared to other homes on the market that are similar. You need to do that own appraisal of yourself in the marketplace. So how do you find out what you're worth today? One of my favorite ways of doing that is always being open to taking job interviews. And during those job interviews, you know, whether it's posted in the job listing, which thankfully is happening more often, they're actually posting salaries now, but also, you know, asking the recruiter, what's the salary range for this role? Because then you can start to get your own assessment of, 
today in 2023, what am I worth? And it's going to be higher than it was in 2018 or whenever you join this job, right? So that's one great way. And I coach women on how to position themselves so they're getting interviews because so many times people feel stuck and they're like, wait, I'm not like recruiters are not banging down my door for interviews. So I've got to coach someone how to get noticed, you know, and how to put themselves in a position where they can get that kind of data. So you don't think it's bad to be out there looking when you already have a job? Oh, hell no. To find that out. Can I say hell no? Absolutely not. Yeah, you it's can say not. whatever you want. Because I think I've always been afraid, like if I did that, then they'll think I'm try- going to quit and then I'll get fired or they'll push me yeah. out. I, I mean, I'm sure you've had people say that to you, right? Like, what well, if yeah. I did that and they found out what would happen? And I know, Jamie, so I don't want to make it awkward for you, but I know you've been at GBR for a long time. <laughs> so I'm like speaking. Yes, I, I, I have. This is probably resonating <laughs> with you. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's absolutely not bad. And it doesn't mean that you are going to be disloyal. You know, and I hate this idea of leaving a company makes you disloyal, but it doesn't mean that you're going to leave. It just means that you're smart and you want to, one, keep your network strong. Because the thing is, like right now, we're seeing a lot of people get let go. Microsoft just announced we're talking in the middle of January. Microsoft's letting go 10,000 people. We've seen Twitter and Meta, all these huge companies let go of people, um, you know, at, through the end of 2022 through early 2023. And you don't want to wait until you've been laid off to then start networking and being like, okay, I need to let, I need to find some recruiters. If you maintain those relationships and you build them throughout your career, you're so much more resilient and you're going to bounce back a lot quicker. So that's one of the many reasons I encourage you to take interviews, keep, you know, keep your network strong, make those relationships, even if it doesn't turn into a job offer that you want to take, you have an email address, you have a LinkedIn, you know, connection with that person. And you can easily reach back out to them and say, hey, I wasn't free back then, but I'm free now. Let me know if anything's come up. Um, so yes, I, I highly encourage you to be taking those interviews. Um, and that's one of the reasons for your network, also for your own personal appraisal. You know, what are you worth these days? And the best leverage for someone who's in a job right now and wants a raise, you don't want to leave, but you want a raise and they're not giving it to you. It's because you're not giving them like you have don't you don't have much leverage. They know you're there, like they're you're probably not going to go anywhere. Or they ever got comfortable thinking you're not going to go anywhere. And one of the best ways to sort of push the envelope and push them in the direction you want is to come with a competing job offer. Um, there's really no better leverage because then you're going to find out, oh, crap, they don't want to lose me. So maybe they'll match it, you know, or try to get you closer. Um, but yeah, job interviewing is essential while you're employed. Or you'll find out that they really don't have the money to give you that raise and you'll yep. move on and go to where it meets your goals and needs. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Exactly. I guess people are just scared to be without a job. Like right now, you know, mm-hmm. you see all these firings and you're like, okay, is now a good time to ask for a raise? I think people are scared, especially if you're the breadwinner, like myself, I'm a breadwinner. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are female and males out there that are breadwinners that that solely lies upon them, that pressure to bring in the money. So they're scared to ask for the raise. So what do you, what are some other tips to get noticed? I mean, what do you do? I mean, (laughs) you make it sound so easy to go out there and do this, but what are some like action items that people could take to get going forward and getting that money and negotiating? You really hit it on the, you know, hit the nail on the head when it comes to that fear. It's the fear that stops people from wanting to raise a hand and ask 
And I, I feel like it's unjustified fear. I mean, really, you don't hear about people getting fired just because they ask for more money. Like if you're a great worker and your value is apparent and you have made an impact on your team, I think any reasonable manager would would not act negatively to you asking for a raise. Now, they may say no, but it's not going to be like, how dare you, you know? And if you have that kind of manager, then baby, you need to get out of there. It's a toxic situation, you know? So what I do and what's so, what's okay, great so about- so you're saying that's toxic. Just, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Sorry just, to cut you off, Mandy, but I just yeah. want I just want to bring this up. Someone's like, she just cut her off, but you say it's a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'd like to talk about because I know a lot of people- I've talked to recently said that when they asked, they told them, no, no one's getting raises this year. This is what's happening. Yeah. And so they said, Jamie, what should I do? Yeah. And they don't even feel heard by their manager. So that's why I'm asking you, like, is that when people should leave? Should you be looking for something else if they tell you no? Right. So when I say that's a toxic situation, it's when they're not giving you a justifiable reason or any context for, you know, why they're saying no to you. And if it's just like, how dare you, you know, of course not, like come back to me in maybe a couple years, or they just kind of brush you off or they dismiss you. That's toxic because it's showing they really don't, you know, that they almost take you for not almost that they take you for granted, you know, and that they're not recognizing your value. If you've got a manager, and I have had had those conversations as a manager who's telling you, I really appreciate you. I value you so much. Listen, I don't have the budget. I'm not allowed to give any kind of raise right now. But for sure, when I come to the annual review or the mid-year review cycle, when we do reassess compensation, I'm putting at the top of the list for a raise and I'm going to go to bat for you. That's a healthy management relationship. Now it's up to you. Still, the answer is no. I just made it sound really nice, right? Because I'm a good manager. But still, the answer I'm giving is no. And then you as an employee, you have to decide, can you afford to wait? Do you want to wait? And if you have no other job options lined up because you haven't been taking interviews, you haven't been keeping your LinkedIn fresh and updated to attract attention from potential hiring managers or recruiters, then it's likely your only choice is going to be, okay, I'll wait for another six months. And then you can, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in that manager to go to bat for you. But then there's, you have to understand, like, they may ultimately still not have the budget or, you know, other things may happen um, that, you know, don't allow them to give you that raise. So it's really up to you. And you have to sort of disassociate yourself from the personal relationship there. And not, you may love your manager and all of that, especially for women of color, like we don't have, we can't, we don't have time. We don't, we can't afford to sit around and wait to be paid reasonably. Like we have so much working against us. We have to take charge and make moves if we want to accelerate our earnings and our income. Um, And you have to get over that fear of asking so that you understand, do I have any shot here? Like, am I going to get a raise here? No, then let's go. Like we don't have time to wait. Um, Let's get it going. I like what you said where we don't have time to wait. Mm -mm. I think sometimes we just put things off. We know that we need the money. We know we need Mm -hmm. to be progressing in our career and doing things, but we just like fear stops us. Maybe we think it's going to be too much work. We get complacent, right? Of where we're at. And I think that's just great motivation when I hear you say, you got to get going. You don't have time. You got to do this. So what are some tips or things people can do to create that urgency in their life and give them that courage to go out there and get that raise? Really take a hard look at your circle and who you're surrounding yourselves with. Um, especially, you know, my my audience is largely women who have been in their career for maybe a decade. You know, they're in their early 30s, mid 30s to 40s. 
Um, and they are, you know, at this stage in their career where you have to really drive the engine yourself um, and you need support. And And it's almost the point in our careers where you hear a lot of like, oh, you have a great job, you know, or this seems secure, or this is stable and that, you know, you're in your 30s, you want a family, be stable. You need people around you, like who's in your immediate circle of, you know, voices, friends, colleagues, peers, who are encouraging you and who are pushing you forward and not making you feel bad for wanting more or being, you know, ambitious about where you want to go next. And unfortunately, I think that at that stage, it, it gets a, your circle gets going to get smaller, you know, of people who can who can who can push you up and amp you up. And that's where I come in as a coach, because I'm definitely going to help you. I'm going to help validate what you want. And help you say it out loud, because so often we have these goals and dreams, but we don't say it out loud. Um, so my first tip would be find someone you feel safe with and tell them what your big, crazy career dream is. And then you have to sit down and think about, okay, this is when the urgency comes in is, man, if I want to get to point Z, but I'm only at like point C here, like I got to get some stuff done, you know, and then it's about setting that goal and then doing something concrete, you know, every day, once a week. That's going to get you to that goal. So maybe like on day one, you know, you update your LinkedIn. Maybe on day two, you actually send messages to former colleagues, peers, letting them know that you're open to a new role and keep you in mind. Maybe day three, you're looking at job listings and sending in some applications. Like there's something you can do, something small every day to take steps in that right direction. And you sort of have to... Um, and and the reason I'm focusing on like the voices you hear is because as women of color, when we we grow up sort of hearing, make yourself small, you're only going to get so far. I mean, Jesus, the data is so negative about our earning potential and our wealth building potential. And if you surround yourself with those negative messages, that's where you're going to stay. We have to unlearn that and start telling ourselves a different story about our capabilities. And um, that's what it's all about, really. Instead of thinking... I'm lucky to have a job. Yeah. I'm lucky I'm getting paid just what I get right now. I think that's yeah, what we I tell ourselves. Do people in general tell themselves, right? You know, I should be grateful yeah. for just where I'm at. So many people don't have what I have. And it's hard to think, hey, it's okay to want more. Yeah, it's two okay things to can say, be true. Hey, you can be more. grateful and you can still get on up out of there and make more money. That's okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean you were never grateful. <laughs> That's true. I, I I I think some people think when someone's asking them for a raise that they're not grateful, but that's not the case. They are grateful, and they yeah. are grateful enough that they still want to stay there, and they're trying to figure out a way that they can by you giving. Yeah, them and that that's raise. why I say Lots bring the data and the research because they need it. Right, but I wouldn't use inflation or cost of living as a reason when you're going in for a raise. You really want to make it about your impact and the value that you're bringing. And when you, when you, when I coach people in how to find their own research, so it's part keeping tabs on your impact to the team and, and bringing that kind of data with you. So here's what I have done. I've increased sales. I've made these processes more efficient. I've gotten all these accolades from colleagues and, you know, the industry or whatever. And then you also have the data. Like, and the fact of the matter is that in the marketplace right now, I am underpaid compared to what other companies are paying people with my skill set. And here's the research I have to show that this is not about gratitude or loyalty. This is just about, you know, really making sure that I am on par with my peers in, the, in, in, my, in my industry and in my space. And as a company, you know, any, any sort of, um, you know, well-run company, they will be doing this proactively on their own, making sure that compensation is adjusted according to the market. 
but often we can't expect that to be happening and we have to do that research ourselves to to push them forward. You being a manager, you said, uh, over people yourself, what were some things that you would say are taboo or were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this person asked for a raise <laughs> that way? <laughs> I mean, is there anything that you would say, do not do? <laughs> Your manager will be like rolling their eyes mm. if you do that. Well, you know, managers are going to roll their eyes. I'm not going to say I never rolled my eyes. I would, I would sometimes get... Um, uh, I would get, I don't know, what's the word, annoyed, I guess, if someone recently joined the team and was like too big for their britches and wanted to, and listen, as a woman, myself, as a manager, I manage people who were 20 years older than me, you know, and maybe they came from a different career and they had all this experience, but now they were reporting to a young manager. I started managing a team when I was 28, you know, so, and, and through early 30s. Um, oh plus I'm a woman of color. I look like this and, you know, I'm in a, I was in fintech. It's a very white and male, you know, sort of dominated industry. And so those were typically the people on my team who would take issue with my directions and take issue with my plans, you know. Um, I mean, I had to develop a thick skin and just keep it moving. But if you're someone who is fortunate enough to work for a badass woman and a woman of color at that, I would say check your ego at the door and don't take for granted that you know more than they do, because I promise you they're not going to be as 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 pushy for you on your behalf when it comes to those opportunities for advancement. Because why would I want someone to move up when they're just questioning everything that I say and um, discounting my experience, you know? So I'll say that. But as far as like taboo, I, I wish more people had asked for um, raises throughout my career. Uh, I often would go to bat for people and I was sort of obsessed about my compensation and making sure that it was you know, reasonable. And, you know, we had people come from different companies and it would throw things off and I would be talking to the compensation compensation team about it. Um, and I think that I, I want more managers to feel that kind of um, ownership as well. Like if you're running a team, make it your business to be a squeaky wheel on their behalf because you are a little bit closer to the power and the real power than, than they will ever be. I think those are all really great insight into what it's like being a manager. And like you said, a woman of color who's a manager at a young manager, you brought up some things there that I never even thought about that yeah. <laughs> were very insightful. And I think a lot of people, it also inspires people to know like, hey, if you believe in yourself, you can do it. Because I mean, Mandy, how were you able to always believe in yourself enough to overcome all these stereotypes and things and to excel the way you have? I mean, you have a in every way. I mean, you were a writer, you're a manager, you're a major podcaster now. You are an expert in so many fields. I mean, how were you able to do that? You know, I think it comes from like a, um, an unwillingness to believe stereotypes and what research says. You know, early in my career, you, you noted I was a writer. I was a personal finance journalist. And I would get these studies and I would I couldn't avoid the data. You know, the these big government organizations would come out with big reports on a quarterly or annual basis. And you would read about where black women and black men fall, women of color, um, minorities, you know, Hispanic and indigenous people, where we fall on the earnings and in, in unemployment. And I graduated during the great recession. So it was bad. We were so hard hit. Right. So, and it just, I, I sort of made a choice early in my career that, okay, I can't let that stop me from, cause I have plans and I have goals. And I'm like, if I believe this, I'm going to make myself small. So I think that just came from wanting to tell myself a different story. And then 
Um, honestly, just being raised by parents who didn't like micromanage me and they let me figure out stuff on my own. Um, and I just always kind of grew up more independent, um, wanting to sort of not question authority, but ask questions and understand how things worked. Um, and I've always wanted to be a good colleague. And ultimately, you will have so much more success in life if you are a great team player, all these like sort of cliche tropes. If you want the team to succeed and if people like working with you, you are so much more likely to hear yes when you ask for stuff. So I, I, I'm not going to say I didn't bring my sass and my, and my spunk and, you know, my, my, um, I can, I can, I can definitely like, you know, question authority and all of that, but you have to be, um, a good team player and, and to, to sort of be on the same page about what we're all trying to achieve and always bring it back to the goal that we have as a team. And that helps so much, um, create an atmosphere where when you come and ask for something, it's like, oh, Mandy's given so much. So yeah, let's. Let's make it happen. And you're giving so much now as a leader for so many people who are signing up for your programs and things like that. What are some yeah. things just before we get ready to go here? Like, what do you think are some of the greatest takeaways that people would get if they signed up to, with you to help get the, get the race or to just earn more money in general? Yeah, well, it's a great time of year. I actually have so many free resources. I have um, one of my favorite new freebies is, uh, scripts you can actually use if you're wanting to ask for a raise right now today, because I recognize it's not that people don't know they need to ask, it's that they don't know how and they don't know the words to say. So I put on my best uh, video script writing, like I used to write scripts for videos as a journalist. And I literally wrote scripts that you can use, you can take to your manager, you know, how to ask for a raise if you've been in a job and your responsibilities have increased, how to ask for a raise if you've got a competing offer. Um, so I would definitely check out mandymoney.com. You can download the freebies there. So there's free review. There's sorry, the three free scripts to ask for a raise. Um, and then, um, you know, absolutely, you can check out my coaching program, Mandy Moneymakers. Mandy Moneymakers is um, a small online community of women, largely women of color. We do have one guy who snuck in. Hey, Gary. <laughs> he didn't sneak in. It's fine. I'm open. <laughs> But as long as you're as long as you're coming to the cookout and you know it's going to be focused on women of color, like you're more than welcome. But we meet every other week um, for group coaching, and it's really about, like I mentioned earlier, being really cognizant of who's in your circle and who, what voices you're hearing when you say your dreams out loud. Mandy Moneymakers is literally the answer for so many women of giving you a community of like-minded, ambitious women who can support you, cheer you on, and you're not going to hear them want you to make yourself small. So in addition to the group coaching, we have, um, we'll do meetups, but also there's on-demand lessons and negotiating and standing on on LinkedIn and like building a brand for yourself. And I'm, I'm really proud of it, but ultimately it's about creating that sense of community. I think when you surround yourself with people who are winning, like you're going to start to win as well, right? Um, and how else? So mandymoney.com, you can find out all about the freebies. And, you know, my I have a free negotiating masterclass that's two hours long and it's super jam-packed with um with how to how my process and my five-step method for negotiating. So I encourage you all to check that out as well. But all that's at mandymoney.com. It's Mandy with an I, even though I did buy the domain for Mandy with a Y, just in case. Um yeah, <laughs> I'd love to to hear from y'all. And Mandy, what can you tell? Do you have a success story you can share as of somebody who went out there and did all these things and was able to increase their bottom line? 
you know, I and mean, what they were worth. I mean, have you, what are some really good right stories you have? I mean, I graduated during the Great Recession as a woman of color in journalism. And even in the best of times, I was, you know, statistics were not very kind to, uh, you know, to to people like me in that field. And I started out making, I got laid off from my very first big girl job in New York City. And then it was a struggle to find a job that would, any job that would have me. And I ended up starting out making 35K as a glorified intern and 10 years later, I was making over $300,000. And I accomplished that through the power of quitting. So I talk about quitting your way rich. And I literally did that throughout my career. And I'll, I want to debunk the whole myth about quitting and job hopping are bad, and they're going to burn bridges. And not a single bridge was burned in my career. And in fact, when I finally left corporate and launched my business, some of my first clients as a consultant were previous employers. You know, so um, yeah, I just, I, I, oh my goodness, I rebuke that whole myth of like, you have to stay in one place. Um, had I not quit and taken control of my career, I never would have 10x my salary, you know, and it was a combination of knowing when to quit strategically and then negotiating the hell out of those job offers when I had an opportunity. So you're your own walking success story. Yeah, <laughs> basically. When it comes to what to do, and you're just taking. I'm not just making this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because there are some experts, you know, they just read books or they're psychologists, and it's not like they went out there and actually did it themselves to create the life that they're living right now. I mean, you've been out in the trenches. No, I know what it feels like to be on the phone with your hands sweaty, you know, waiting to hear back. And I know what it's like to send the email and ask for 30% more and be like sweating bullets and stress the F out and like not hearing back from the recruiter. I have been there. And that's why, you know, I have so much empathy for my, for my coaching clients and my community because yeah, I, I am them. I was them, you know, and I'm still negotiating today just in different ways. And um, I will never let that, those skills atrophy. Like I'll find any excuse to negotiate something and then just, just to see if I still got it. You know, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to take it. I'm gonna have to go in there. You're gonna have to let me in, Mandy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get in there and get some coaching. <laughs> I, was, I don't it. know if I'm that great of a negotiator. So I'm gonna have to do it. I've been wanting to do it in the new year, um, even myself, to meet those goals in, in my own life and to get what I'm worth. I think we all wanna do that. So, Mandy, I always ask all of my guests what live richer means to them. Mm. So what does the word live richer mean to you? For me, having a richer life and actually getting to live that life is that you are cultivating the kind of life that gives you space to enjoy what you have achieved. So I'm not just about mindlessly chasing dollar signs and mindlessly chasing wealth. I want to build the kind of life where I'm enjoying my life currently. So being really clear on my values helps me enjoy my life currently, but not in a way that puts my future self at jeopardy. So what I mean by that is like being really clear on what I enjoy, what brings me joy. So spending money so that my son can take swimming lessons because he's so damn cute swimming and spending money on a Broadway <laughs> show or a really nice dinner out. Like those are things that I value. I maybe don't value, you know, music and concerts and going to bars and other things. So I make sure if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to spend it on things that bring me joy today. And then that I don't overdo it so that I have room to build wealth for later as well. And too many people, I think, get lost somewhere in the middle. Like 
they're either overly focusing on putting aside money for the future and then you can't enjoy life now, which is not a fun place to be, or you are not clear on what you value when you're spending money in ways that don't really bring you joy. So then like, what's the point? And you just feel like you need more of it. And you're like, wait, why don't I feel better? <laughs> it's like, cause you're, you're doing things that don't actually align with who you are and what you value. And I think it's so much easier with age to get clear on what you value. And um, I feel lucky to be in that space where I know I know how to spend dollars in a way that fuel me, you know, that feed me, that uh, give me the energy I need to do everything else to keep earning more. I never really thought about that, about how hmm. you spend your money should fuel you as a person. I think hmm. that's really great advice. And I do ask one other question always, and that is, have you ever been a money champion for anyone? Where you mm. were able to, I'm get, oh my goodness, you give advice every day. Every but day. one where you gave <laughs> advice and it had a positive outcome. I'm like, I do it every day. But is there a specific one story that maybe you would like to share? Oh my goodness, there's too many. Uh, I just had a message from a Mandy Moneymaker who, you know, we I talk about quitting and the power of quitting a lot, but I also talk about the power of pivoting in place. So sometimes you can be entrepreneurial. You can create a new opportunity for yourself right where you are. And there's a woman in my group who had, you know, some life challenges, um, family, you know, caregiving duties that sort of fell on her. And she just was on this executive leadership track and it was not working for her life anymore. And she really had to get clear on like, I can actually step away from being an executive leader and it's okay. It doesn't mean that I am less than or that I'm not ambitious anymore. And she ended up pivoting internally to another role at her company where she wasn't on that executive track and she was somehow making 40% more and having no direct reports. And she was like, I never would have thought of making a different path for myself if I didn't feel like you gave me the permission to, to be okay with that. You know, so I'm all about defining like your own version of ambition and for where you are in your life right now. And I was so proud of her. So shout out to Mandy Moneymaker. Um, I'll, I'll say her name is Moya. I won't give the last name. But yeah, that's one one example I can think of <laughs> right at the top of my head. <laughs> well, that's a really good one, actually. I don't think people, I think what she was saying to you is something all women feel is if I'm not, I would give up that executive position, I give up all that. Am I giving up on myself and my career? Yeah. Am I not trying anymore? And I think that was awesome that she was able to pivot and get those things that make her happy. Mandy, you're doing awesome things. I'm glad that your parents raised you so you have the ambition and drive that you've had so that you could influence and help so many women of color, so many women in general, just to go out there and to accomplish their goals and to get what they're worth. Thank you. I, I think we need more people like you out there who are out there encouraging women. And I'm glad you started your podcast, that you were you quit the job, you quit working for banks and <laughs> publishers and all that. And you went out there on your own and that you were brave. And I hope that more of us can follow your lead and be brave and show people that it can be done. And I just want to remind everybody that's listening to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com.